Happy welcome New to, Year! Uh, well, yes. Welcome to another edition of Thinking Like a Lawyer. I'm Joe Patrice from Above the Law. That was Catherine Rubino who decided to yell over my intro as I mean, usual. I mean, it's kind of a thing we do. And like, I got to say Happy New Year. You use we, which I think is the wrong, like, it's a thing <laughs> it's you a thing do. to you. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so that, uh, hence, I'm kind hence of involuntarily we. being drawn into the we. Listen, there's a lot of things that I get drawn into that are your bullshit, so. I mean, maybe. So uh, Coming listen. on strong in the beginning of the year. I like this. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, same energy. Going into 2022 with the same <laughs> energy. Uh, but listen, I know that you're like just itching to start a new sound effect. So I feel very confident that I get pulled into your bullshit. Okay, I mean... That's, uh, See? I mean, but, but don't you have any resolutions like this year? Like mine was to use fewer sound effects because no, I wasn't. know that no, you, wasn't. no, because no, I know that You're you lying. all don't love it. You no. are lying. No, I mean, I, I have stuck with it and I plan to stick with it as long as I stick with any other resolution. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You proud of yourself? I am. I really am. <laughs> This is uh, the section of the show where we uh, have small talk. What's up? Do you have any New Year's resolutions that you're actually making and keeping? Not really. I have one already broke. Nice. Oh, yeah? Yeah. So I was like, okay, what is life without a challenge and added difficulty? So I was like, I'm going to have three resolutions that are actually difficult for me. One is going to be, um, I'm going to actually start going to the doctor because I'm just so used to not having insurance. I'm like, wait, I have insurance now. I can do this. Let's let's see how my appendix is. Yeah. Um, second would be, uh, I'm going to do no flesh for two, 2022. So Whoa. Um, fish, pig, long pig, none of that. <laughs> third one, third one was no alcohol. And I'm not sure which one is more difficult, that or no meat. I found out it was more alcohol because at 12.01, I drank. It went yeah. <laughs> It went. happy new year, new year's kiss because I'm not alone, sip, oh shit. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I gave myself like a two minute waiver. Um, okay. I'm still going to stick with it, but I just have um, a bottle of uh, a gin singing, singing a siren song at me and I got my headphones and just trying to block it out. Just have uh, your resolution set to central time or something. <sighs> that way you can. That way you had a two-hour. But that you also had an means hour if you actually kept it, that would mean at New Year's for 2023, you couldn't have champagne yeah. until 1 a.m. Right. I mean, look, you, you you celebrate with the Don Lemon podcast, uh, Don Lemon broadcast, not with the Anderson and Andy broadcast. Amazing. There. I don't yeah. know the reference you're making, but I'm just going to oh. say boo either way. Uh, oh, I'm going to so give boom. you the, the, oh, the reference is the, the trick that I found this year that people were missing is there's still people who, even though Dick Clark is no longer alive, still feel doggedly devoted to watching the Ryan Seacrest Rock a New version year. of Dick Clark. And the answer to the correct broadcast to watch New Year's is CNN, because... <laughs> Andy Cohen and Anderson Cooper do the New York part of it, and then Don Lemon does the part in the Central Time Zone from New Orleans. And the premise of CNN's coverage is they get wildly blitzed on camera and just keep talking. It is just all of these anchors getting completely- I think completely... that we should sue for copyright infringement. That's uh, basically what we do <laughs> That's here. basically the above-the-law business model. <laughs> Listen, no, it's fantastic. It's, it's the most entertaining show every year now, so- 
I saw a clip. Uh, one about oh, yeah. the one that was like a uh, New Year's resolution: no more uh, broke dick. Yeah, yeah, that was I'm, that was part of the Don yeah. Lemon part. Yeah. I'm going to be having a lot less sex this year. People actually keep up with that, so please <laughs> <laughs> give broke men a chance. Yeah, but like that's the thing that that was the CNN broadcast. They are they're fantastic for New Year's. Probably not the brand that a news organization wants, but definitely the brand <laughs> that are. I want to watch on New Year's Eve. But just to be that clear, night. if anyone that works for them is listening, this is an explicit invitation to do oh, that yeah, and no. above the yeah, law. We'll be there. Feel <laughs> free. Come to Death Row Records. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have the gin. I can't drink it. So, uh, all right. Uh, yeah. So. So do we think that, are there any legal based resolutions that, that we all have? Yeah. I'm actually trying to make a judgment call here. Mm, Yeah. I'm moving, I'm moving this to real topic. Wow. Yeah. All right. New Year's legal resolutions, ways in which lawyers should, and law students should start out their year. My, my advice for New Year's resolution is find Oh, a way to bill for scrolling TikTok. Nice. Um, yeah. Professional I mean, reading. I, well, yeah, there's always professional reading, I guess. But here's the thing. TikTok, I don't know how they do it, what their algorithm secret sauce is, but it keeps me on their app way more than any other social media. And I have maybe a quarter of the ads that I get on any other social media. So I don't get how they're making money, but they're definitely occupying a lot of my time. I, I will just say from personal experience, as a person that gets technically paid to... Look at TikTok. It's it's nice. I mean, I haven't yeah. written a motion to desist or whatever y'all call it yet, but I'd prefer to be on TikTok than do that. So yeah, I don't know. I I guess there's the I, I thought about investing in uh, my resolution, which doesn't really fit being a lawyer, but investing in those. You know, sometimes you see at the park one of those giant inflatable bubbles that a person is inside and rolls. I felt like investing in that company for when the return to office. <laughs> begins amazing i feel like that's gonna be is that gonna be 2022 at this rate <laughs> i mean there there's some firms that are already back i suppose but yeah a lot of firms seem to be pushing off their date uh which makes a lot of sense things keep getting i, I won't say worse keep getting not over i guess is probably the right way yeah to put i it mean in. i'm not sure we'll ever see the end of covid right like, yeah that just seems like the truth at this point I think yeah. there's going to be a, there's going to be an update to driver's licenses where they give you a blood type and then they say like the predominant strain like oh you got a delta <laughs> you know oh speaking of man now I now I we aren't really all that organized right now and this probably is more of a uh, going back to small talky kind of uh, it's okay topic. you don't have they to. don't know that until you say it Joe well no it's not when I say it when they oh, know she, it is she's, oh god he's gonna do it again. <laughs> Is your New Year's resolution to cause me more consternation? (laughs) You're breaking. That's a strong yes. That's a strong yes. I'm a fan. First off, it is January third. Just, just to be clear, at some point in the podcast, do another one of those for the use of the word consternation because it is too early in the year for that bullshit. (laughs) But keep it going. <laughs> no, uh, this is a actual legally story, but not one that we've researched or looked at. But is anybody following the NFT debacle going on? Oh no, definitely not. So right now there there's a complete meltdown going on among crypto 
NFT advocates on on the Twitters. You know, they are all very staunchly Dumb? libertarians who believe that the whole that we, we need crypto because federal banks are wrong and blah blah blah. So these NFTs, which are basically the same picture sold over and over slightly differently, and then dumb people spend money on them. One of the more popular ones, somebody has just, because, you know, you can just copy the image, has just taken it and flipped it the other direction and started selling them for themselves. And people are in meltdown mode on Twitter as these folks are like, we need to have some sort of way to deal with this kind of thievery, whatever. And it's like, so you've discovered bank regulations. (laughs) And it's just... it's so, oh no, this is amazing. It's worth watching. Uh, I love I, this. If, if you haven't been following it, I highly recommend following the slow breakdown of the libertarian mindset as they realize that regulations are necessary to prevent thievery. Oh my God. Amazing. <laughs> I also had a, a moment over break where it was like, well, this is why we have banking regulations. I was at a family gathering and I have an older cousin who is a bit of a gold bug, whatever. Obviously, maybe not obviously, but in fact, accurate. And she was saying how her grandmother would get angry if she if if anybody even suggested putting money in a bank. She lived through the Great Depression and banks weren't safe and she needed to have money saved under her bed. And I was like, well, but but that doesn't mean you should buy gold bullion now because now we have the FDIC. (laughs) Like like we have we have it's not the same. Right. But, you know, I was just very happy to not be talking about any other conspiracy theories. So I was, I was comfortable leaning into the, this is, you know, why we have the FDIC. My brain went a totally different direction. I was like, oh my God, I can already see some undergraduate or some postdoctoral student writing an essay on non-fungible tokens and like difference in repetition (laughs) and like inverting images. And if that made no sense, it's because it doesn't, (laughs) but somebody's still going to write it and I'm going to tell myself (laughs) I'll read it, but then I won't. It's all a simulation, right? This is, this is what I've come to believe. Yeah. Yeah. No. So I, uh, I thought the Beaujard, I think he was right on most things, except the things that were bad. He was just very right on those. That is, that is the most lawyerly thing. (laughs) He was Right. right, except for when he was wrong. Yeah, 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 I mean, you've covered your bases. 60% of time, it works 100% of the time. <laughs> that actually is a decent segue, uh, that statement. So let's uh, hear from our friends at Lexicon and then uh, change topics. Here's a message just for the attorneys out there. So you passed the bar, joined a firm, or even built your own. Now are you finding out that you're doing more administration than actual law practice? Lexicon can help. Lexicon is a legal services and technology provider with over a decade of experience streamlining administrative tasks like timekeeping, HR, billing, client intake, and more. So you can focus on maximizing billable hours and increasing client satisfaction. Call 855-4-LEXICON or visit lexiconservices.com go to learn more. So last week was the week of Dershowitz. Bum, Alan, Alan See, Dershowitz. there was a moment. Oh, yeah, no, but, there, <laughs> but we already have that. There, there you go. Where's your clown noise now? <laughs> so now we're going to talk about Alan Dershowitz. <gasps> <laughs> Al- Alan Dershowitz. <laughs> All right. It works. I can't help it. Justifies every sound effect ever. We are very serious here this year at Above the <laughs> That's our resolution. Only serious topic. 
Uh, Alan Dur- <laughs> it's been building, right? Like yeah. all the nonsense you've made me deal with for the past <laughs> 18 months has come has come to fruition with that yeah. one. <laughs> so Alan Dershowitz, I, you know, <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna have to cut off our mic here in a second. Uh, Alan Dershowitz, who uh, the Harvard professor who began this week. Uh, this, this is the more serious. Uh, there were two stories. The more serious one, though, was a, which I transitioned to based on the sentence. Uh, he was right, except for every time he was wrong. Early in the in the week, he was on, in an interview and that had nothing to do with the passing of Archbishop Desmond Tutu. But he chose to change the topic of this interview and say, if I may, allow me to say that Archbishop Tutu was a bigot, which bold, bold, bold cotton. Bold statement for a guy who had just died, a human rights icon who had just died. But, you know, here we are. (laughs) Was it like he only cared about humans take? Like, what was the flavor of bigotry? Well, and that's the thing. There there is something to what Dershowitz is saying. You know, he 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 was there. There's a nugget in there, which is that. But it's buried. It is buried. Uh, There is. Stop with the gold metaphors, people. God. (laughs) Yeah. There is a. I'm going to make you buy gold bullion before this is over. (laughs) No, no, don't. No, Uh, don't. It's stupid. So there's a small group of folks who believe that Tutu was anti-Semitic. And the argument for his anti-Semitism is based on a couple of things, one of which is that he generally expressed the idea that creating refugees out of Palestinians was a bad thing. That said... Tutu was also a very staunch defender of Israel's right to exist, which would seem to push against the idea that they're trying to cast him as some sort of anti-Semite. But and another is that in the immediate aftermath of his chairing the Truth and Reconciliation Commission uh, after the end of apartheid, he made some comments about how the post-Holocaust could have been handled differently if uh, they'd adopted, if the world had adopted more of a truth and reconciliation when it came to German involvement rather than a more retributive model, which, you know, you can argue about that, but within the context of that, that would seem as though he was clearly talking about the successes of what had just happened in South Africa and trying to compare. I don't think he was saying we should have given given Himmler a break or anything. Right. No. Yeah. No. No. I, I don't think that's it. And and as I recall, a bunch of Holocaust scholars and stuff agreed with defended that. Him. Right. Yes. Defended him. Said, uh, yeah. Well, I mean, I the, mean the, the the head of the Anti Defamation League right. came out and said, like, yeah, these are statements I disagree with, but in no way is this anti Semitism, which right. I think was uh, useful. Nuance is actually important, but yeah. you know. It's Alan Dershowitz. But anyway, Dershowitz decided to hijack some interview that had nothing to do with that uh, to toss that out there, which when I wrote it up, I really thought was going to be the biggest Dershowitz story of the week. Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) And then it wasn't. Well, uh, And that kid is what we call foreshadowing. (laughs) Okay, that's fair. Yeah. No, I mean, that was fair. That was fair. That was fair. So so Ghislaine Maxwell, uh, the... Epstein associate. Epstein associate is a good term for it. Yeah. <laughs> guilty. 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 Sentenced. Uh, well, sentencing's coming uh, and could be could be complicated by a decision to maybe start cooperating now. Who knows? But the associate of Jeffrey Epstein, who was charged with being a 
kind of operating in something sex assembling a pimp role uh, as a sex trafficker that uh, you know that happened mm-hmm. and the bbc decided that they needed some expert commentary and analysis well that seems ca- fine as cable news networks do i i'm not a, a huge you know like whatever they i'm not going to disparage them for trying to get some analysis of a criminal verdict especially uh, one in america which is you know different, different legal yeah, system you know? i get it so they looked in the Rolodex and decided to try and find an expert willing to talk about criminal law mm-hmm, in the U.S. Mm-hmm. and um, apparently decided that they struck struck gold on one. They called Dershowitz. Yikes town. Yikes town. This, of course, is a problem as Dershowitz is accused of being involved in the Jeffrey Epstein sex trafficking issue. Epstein was a client and friend of his. He has admitted to getting massages at the guy's house, but, you know... He kept left his, his underwear, underwear on. on. So now you've thought about Alan Dershowitz's underwear. <laughs> and we get to move on. <laughs> Shaking your head. Oh, see, I, now I've lost Chris on this. I had Chris while I was harassing you with this. No, 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 no. Here, here's now, the problem oh. with interpreting body language. <laughs> I'm shaking my head because I'm like, this bastard is luckily, lucky I don't have access to the soundboard. Because <laughs> in, in Catherine, every time you think Joe is bad, I'd be worse. <laughs> just, know, just know and appreciate that. <laughs> well, go on. Continue your story as I judge you. Continue. But yeah, the the BBC That seems like a wild breakdown of journalistic integrity. Yeah, well, if uh, I may. As one might imagine, he did not have a lot to say about the guilty verdict per se, as much as an ability as turning it into so clearly this means that I am incredibly could not innocent. have been, yeah, could not have been involved. His argument being that the prosecution decided not among the many witnesses they called to secure a conviction. They did not call one of the accusers, which happens to be the one who is involved in a legal dispute with Dershowitz, which was sparked by Dershowitz saying she's a liar. And if she doesn't know it and if she thinks she's telling the truth, she can sue me. Which so she, then she sued him. Sued him. Uh, but that person never got called, and he says that must be that must mean that the prosecution thought that she was an unreliable witness, wow. which could which could be could that be is true. An interpretation that could be true. There are, however, also many other reasons yeah. not to call a particular witness. Yeah. Among them, not bringing in somebody that would have invited a weird Dershowitz sideshow into right. a trial. Right, especially not when you apparently had plenty of evidence. Yeah. Because it wasn't a particularly long Yeah, the BBC has since apologized for the collapse of its journalistic standards in inviting this. But, all, but my takeaway on this was, this is a problem, and if anyone from cable news is listening, I just want to throw this out there. The big problem is cable news reliance on the same people Mm -hmm. over and over again you know they get in their head that this person will answer my calls and show up and do a decent job and then that's the only person they ever call right and that's how you end up with alan dershowitz getting called for a case that he's a material a potential yeah well he's at least material to it to the extent that he was a friend and uh, advisor to this person whether putting aside underwear massages that can go over there. But he but like he's he's involved in it and they do this because they don't want to branch out and try new people and part and to some extent that's understandable because not everyone is as telegenic as you know we are. But 
but as like we say on a radio program. as we say on the radio well we can see each other <laughs> but not ever not you know they they want to make sure it's somebody who's not going to flop on the air but just expand a little bit I, you don't have to go with a new person every time just try out some new people just make that your cable news is 2022 try to have more voices more diverse voices in just because cable news is not as diverse as it should be, period, but also diverse as in just different people putting a, a, above and beyond everything else, just because there are different perspectives that you probably should have, and some of them should be people who aren't involved, <laughs> implicated in the case. <laughs> or yeah. at least wear more than underwear. Come on now. It's- <laughs> right. That that was my takeaway. And, and look, I've been on TV before the Al Jazeera network, which Al Jazeera America, which no longer exists, but I did court analyst analysis for them. And, you know, I was on a few times and there was something too. once I did it once they were like, oh, well, he can do this. So I got invited back and I get that. But like, but like the whole idea of taking a chance on a new person, that was good. And I think the more, more networks need to be doing that because it, there's more perspectives out there and they get a little siloed when they yeah. Just ask the same Yeah. People. And I mean, listen, there are a lot of people who went to law school, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and, the, and the reason and they, they're, and they, they did have that opinions. to become court analysts. Probably. Oh, no. I mean, oh, did probably. they? Oh, not not just to be on TV. Oh, they went to be lawyers. They probably right? went to be lawyers is what I'm oh, saying. Right. So you went to law school to be a lawyer, not an accountant. Take advantage of NOTA and no cost to management tool that helps solo and small law firms track client funds down to the penny. Enjoy peace of mind with one click reconciliation, automated transaction alerts and real time bank data. Visit trustnota.com slash legal to learn more. Terms and conditions may apply. Smooth. <sighs> Smooth. Yeah, I thought so. I liked yeah. it. The Supreme so, Court. Yeah, John Roberts has a lot to say, huh? Well, the Supreme Court's annual right. year-end report uh, comes out, which is, uh, it's like the State of the Union of the federal judiciary, which right now, I Yikes. mean, you got to think about it. I just want to say one thing about this before yeah. we get into like the potatoes and whatever it is, soup metaphor mm-hmm. for like the real stuff. The picture I saw in the article that was talking about, you know, his like, oh, we're impartial. Had like a black um, disposable mask on, had his judge robes on, had a tie that had little dolphins on it. I appreciate the whimsy, you know. I don't know if that was a, I don't know if that was a recent photo, but I was like, oh, look at that. That's what's up, you know. Well, it's got to be within the past couple of years if he had a mask on. Yeah, right. It at least yeah. dates it from twenty twenty on. Got you. Or sometimes, you know, I hear that the Supreme Court justices just write in rooms that are so chock full of freedom. It's like oxygen. If it's too much, yeah. You can like. You get brain fogged. <laughs> yeah. Keep the freedom at bay, especially with those like Texas decisions. <laughs> well, when you say when before we get into the substance of it, don't worry, there was very little. Despite the fact that that's the, what I would there. Yeah, I guess that's uh yeah. <laughs> yeah. So there despite the fact that we have something of a legitimacy crisis burgeoning uh more for the first time in at least in my memory, the and I, I think is at least as far back as like the New Deal, the majority of the country does not agree with the Supreme Court's hand, you know, like disapproves of the Supreme Court and the federal judiciary. Well, that'll get better once they take away some fundamental rights for well, I mean, and that's half the, thing. the population. Like, right, and that's the thing. They're, they're flirting with disaster on all of these decisions. Uh, obviously, the abortion one's the uh, big ticket one, but we've, from voting rights forward, we've been having increasing just jettisoning of half century worth of precedent mm-hmm. 
they've got dingbats who are in the uh, who've been nominated for federal judgeships that the ABA says is unqualified and have nonetheless taken their seats and proven the ABA correct. <laughs> and it's something like leaning into, you know, <laughs> amidst all of this, uh, the, rather than try to do something to build up confidence in the judiciary, he focused on a couple of other issues, the uh, Wall Street Journal report about how many federal judges should have recused themselves but didn't, uh, situations where they owned stock in a company they were deciding on. I mean, that's a pretty big issue. It is. And now in in some of the cases, I I will say about the Wall Street Journal report when I read it, uh, there are there were definitely some bad situations in there, but there were also situations where somebody had a mutual fund that had a presence sure, in something. I so like they, it was a little more there, attenuated. There, there's a, there's a spectrum, Yeah, but there were enough that without any clear rules, there were enough that were awful. Right. That, well, and those had clear rules and that's yeah. the issue because uh, lower courts do have clear rules. Mind you, the Supreme court has none. There are no ethical rules for the Supreme court at all. Rules are, there are no rules. Correct. And that, and as far as the lower courts, there are rules that were being breached here. And, you know, this would be a place where the chief justice could say something like, we are looking into it and recommending impeachment of certain judges who re- were gross uh, sure. repeat offenders or something like that. He instead said that after talking a lot about William Howard Taft, he said that the courts are the only people who can legitimately police themselves. And he promised that they will have some webinars about this. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. He also addressed the... And something you've reported on the uh, if you want to give a quick recap of the clerkship, uh, the clerks and workplace harassment issues that came to the fore last year. Yeah, well, uh, it actually started, I think, way back in 2018 right. uh, when we started getting uh, reports of uh, federal judges, quite notably Judge Kaczynski, uh, who was accused of harassing clerks who who worked for them. And, you know, it's a situation where the relationship between clerk and federal judge is is a kind of a unique one. It's also somebody you would then lean on for recommendations and all sorts of sort of, you know, future positive, you know, employment references and whatnot. And there's really no system in place for folks who have complaints against their against the judge they they work for. And there have been plenty of reports of, you know, this continues to be an issue and there's not really a way to for, for to protect folks who are in that position. You're talking about somebody who's like right out of law school, maybe a year, you know, of other clerkship experience. So it's someone fairly young in their career working for a federal judge, which is presumably very respected. Uh, and so there's a tremendous power dynamic at play as well and not really a way to address that. Well, Chief Justice Roberts has heard your concerns and he has come up with a way to address that. And what he suggests is they will improve ways of recognizing and correcting that <laughs> fantastic he doesn't go into details on correcting but I we see that a, there's a problem but i think it's a webinar um <laughs> so a quick question yeah. so everybody knows this is like some tongue-in-cheek commentary to keep people off their backs right or, or do people actually think that this is like legitimate responses to criticism yeah no i i i that's a good question i don't i don't even think it's a legitimate response to these two scandals i think mm-hmm. i think this was all a veiled attempt to just say it's all very boilerplate well it's about uh for me i think it's about sending the signal that he's going to reject 
the other branches doing any attempt at reform. Right. So if some, if any, if there's, there's not going to be, but if there was <laughs> an executive or legislative response there, he's setting up the scenario where he says, well, that doesn't apply. You can't yeah. regulate us. Which, which I think is bold, bold and deeply troubling for the institution of the judiciary, because I'm I'm on record as a person who thinks that expanding the Supreme Court would be a bad idea long term. I think that it would open a new can of politicization that would be problematic and that there are better ways for everybody to address it. But the problem with this kind of line in the sand is Roberts is essentially saying I refuse to do anything but let you constitutionally nuke me. He's setting the situation where there is no alternative but court expansion if anybody wants to do anything at all. And I guess he's betting that the that people will flinch. But I just find that dangerous when there are more sound and well-regarded efforts to reform that would form a, something of a middle ground as well as a long-term solution – like staggered term limits for people serving on the active court or something, mandatory senior status, et cetera, et cetera. And they just, he, he's very much making clear that he would reject all of that and force you to go all the way to court expansion. Yay. Yeah, I mean. I mean, listen, we, there, why not have more constitutional crises, yeah. right? Like, I mean. Crises? Crises? Crisis? Crisis? Yeah. I mean, We've already survived, you know, the 2020 constitutional crisis of, of January we 6th. We did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> fair, fair. See, fair. see, she's pulling people into the we again. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that, oh, she uh, started Catherine, this show. Catherine speaks French now. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, All yeah. right. It's good times. Well, cool, everybody. We should probably wrap this up because we've been going for a while here. So thanks, everybody. Yeah, I thought I had fun. Thanks, everybody, for listening. You should be subscribed to the show so you get new episodes when they come out. You should leave reviews, stars, as well as write something. The act of writing shows that you're engaged, which means that the algorithms that now rule our lives would recognize that you cared and therefore recommend it to more people. So that's good. You should be reading above the law, as always. That way you can see these and other stories as they come out. You should be listening to the Jabot, Catherine's podcast, about, you know, the deals with diversity in the law. And you should also talk, listen to the legal tech News, no oh God. legal. Joe, you're on the show. Damn. See, but it's not. See, the thing is, there are two publications, and this is not legal tech news. It is, oh even though the, there are people from legal tech news on it, it is the legal tech week journalists roundtable. Dude, write it down. Stick it on your computer. Seriously, on a come on. Get it tattooed, like right across the neck. Okay, man, that might be too drastic, but something. I mean, you can't. You see say it every week. Neck. Anyway. Every week. And also, if you're listening, please watch Don't Look Up because I'm going to make jokes about it in my pieces this week. So I want somebody to get my punchlines. But yeah, come on, Joe. Get it together, Patrice. You should listen to other shows on the Legal Talk Network. See, everybody goes with LTNs. Anyway, um, but the Legal Talk Network, you should be checking out us on social media. I'm at Joseph Patrice. She's at Catherine One, the numeral one. He's at Rights for Rent. We uh, would like to thank Lexicon and Noda, powered by M&T Bank, for sponsoring. And I think that's everything. So, uh, Peace. Yeah, I think uh, happy whatever. 2022. Cool. Have a good one.